0: Guess what, Ryan?
1: What's that, Tegesha?
0: We have a special guest on today in our podcast.
1: I can't wait to find out who.
0: It's Lynn Cahoon, local mystery writer.
1: And New York Times bestseller. That's right. Well, that explains why we're going to have a mystery-themed episode.
0: Of course. You got it.
1: All the clues are coming together now.
0: Yes, the clues are coming together.
1: I deduce that this will be a most excellent episode.
0: should be lots of fun. We have lots of great recommendations for you. We're going to be talking to Lynn Cahoon about her latest books that are coming out and twenty twenty she has I think almost a dozen books coming out or has have come out and or will be coming out <laughs> She's not only that prolific writer
1: that she is, and not only that, we will be solving the mystery on how we can get some more art and culture in our lives, even though we might be sheltering at home and can't go to many public places. So stay tuned, we've got a lot to talk about. Well Kirkwood, you are in for a treat. Jagisha and I are very excited to welcome our special guest today. Lynn Cahoon is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author and a local mystery maven. Her newest book is Murder in Waiting, part of the Tourist Trap series, and it's set to release at the end of the month. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here. I love having book events again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we miss those. Uh, Not being able to, uh,
0: you know, have authors come in and have our um, events and things at the library. We haven't had any events since March, so, and we don't know if there's gonna be anything happening anytime soon yet. So, This is our way of doing the author events.
2: It's wonderful. I appreciate it. So to start off, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I have been in the St. Louis area for the last 16 years. My son says I'm moving around the whole nation one state at a time, but since I spent 40 years in Idaho, you know, I'm not in 16 in St. Louis, I'm not sure how far I'm going to get. I guess Hawaii's is next. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> there are worse
1: places, right?
2: <laughs> there are worse places, yeah. Uh, so when I got here, I got set up with a uh, job at a large uh, leasing company or a rental company that you may know um, in the area. And then I got breast cancer. Since I was here by myself, well, with my, my now husband, I had a lot of visits where I sat in the, the waiting room, waiting for doctor visits and all of that, and didn't have much to do. So to keep my mind from going crazy, because it does, I started reading. And I'd pick up tons of books at my local library, and I'd take them, and they'd all say mystery, and I'd love some of them. i hate other ones. I couldn't figure out what the difference was. And finally, I ran into a Susan McBride book someone, one of my nurses says, oh, I really love Susan. Did you know she was a local author? And I said, no, I didn't. And she said, well, yes, she writes those cozy mysteries. And so finally, I had a name to what I loved reading. So when I got through the year of cancer, I decided that that's what I wanted to do, that I'd always wanted to be an author, and I wanted to start writing. So I started writing. Started writing and finally got The Tourist Trap published in 2014. So 17 years later, seven years later, sorry.
1: That's a pretty impressive record.
2: Yeah, Tourist Trap took off really well for me. And I get a lot of people talking about how they have their reading them with people that they love, their older, you know, relatives. And it just really touches my heart that it's something that I could give back to that community.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so June 30th, the 11th book in the Tourist Trap Mystery Series comes out, as as mentioned at the top, Murder in Waiting. Uh, Can you tell us more about this series, and can you tell us, spoiler-free, a little bit about this this next book?
2: Sure. Uh, The Tourist Trap series is set in Central Coastal California. I have to always slow down when I say that. Um, It's a little tourist town. And of course, it's it's one of the little tourist towns that I visited when I used to visit my sister down in California. And Jill Gardner is my uh, protagonist and she runs the coffee store slash books shop. So she has both there. Um, and it's just a way for her to actually be involved in the community. When she started was Guidebook to Murder. And that's the book that hit the New York Times list she didn't know very many people and it took losing her friend, the one friend she did have there um, to this murder. And everybody was saying, Oh, well she was old. So um, it took that for her to start being more involved in the community. So now she runs the uh, business to business meetings. And so there's always new people and new businesses coming in. Uh, Like you said, murder in waiting is the 11th book in the series. Uh so it, it can be read as a standalone, but if you want the full story about Jill and and her Aunt Jackie and Greg and um the Amy, her her best friend, that's the one who's getting married in murder and waiting, or she's almost getting married in murder and waiting. <laughs> and Emma, her dog you really should start at the beginning and, you know, start with guidebook to murder. But like I said, it can be read as a a standalone if you want to see if you like the the people. Um, What I love about writing the Tourist Trap series is I get to know the town and the businesses and the people one story at a time. I mean, Jill and her Aunt Jackie, who's a hoot, Uh, They're always in the stories and she's um, dating now living with Spoil alert that she's been living with for a while. Uh, The police chief, they're always there, but you always have that nice contrast of different people you come to love or come to hate.
0: One of the (laughs) things I love about cozy mysteries is how you always get, you have your, your regular characters that show up in in the series. And then there's always the new characters that come in with the book itself. So, and it's nice that you have like a tourist town so you can introduce new characters and, and have them leave and so back and forth.
2: So it doesn't always have to be, oh, the new person in towns, the murderer or the dead guy, you know, <laughs> you can have a mixture of people.
1: And so. make it easy to figure out who the killer was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize the location of your mystery series is a real place.
2: It is a real place in my head. Well, it is a real place. I've changed it to uh, protect the living. Now, <laughs> uh, South, Cove, South Cove is based on a little town um, between San Francisco and San Luis Obisco. Uh, it's called Cam- Cambria. And the reason I changed it from Cambria itself to South Cove is people kept saying, oh, that town doesn't look like that. or. Um, uh-huh. It has more than one diner. It has more than one coffee shop. It's like, yeah, no, that's Cambria. This is South Coast. Coast. So it helps. I bet.
1: Also, it's fiction. It's fiction, dude. It's fiction.
2: I've said that inside a lot. I'm sure. That's awesome.
0: So aside from the Tourist Trap Mystery Series, you also write three other series or have at least published oh. in the other three series. You have several others, but so you have the Cat Latimer Mystery Series, the
2: Farm Fork, and the Kitchen Witch. So yes. Tell us a little bit about those. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Cat Latimer first. A Story to Kill was the first one on Cat Latimer. This is the mass market paperback uh, book came after Tourist Trap. Um, it's set in Colorado. Again, it's a place on the map that I can look at because it's two hours south of Denver and it's nestled up against the mountain range there. But if you looked at the real town, there's no real Aspen Hills there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, she is a professor. She's, she was a professor, an English professor. Um, she got divorced and went to California for a bit, came back and got the house when her ex-husband died so usually you lose the house in the divorce and you never see it again but she was lucky enough to get it back in the in the will in a story to kill she opens up her bed and breakfast for riders it's a writer's retreat so every month you bring in four new riders and she's got her friend who helps her with the the bed and breakfast part and her uncle runs the police station and then her um, friend her ex-boyfriend is the handyman those Four people are pretty much in all of the different stories. The difference in this one is the writer's retreat where you've got different writers coming in. In one of the, this is the the latest one in that one. In one of the books, I have all cozy mystery writers come in. And that's really fun because they mm-hmm. sit around and they talk about doing... Um, how to how to title the cozy mysteries and how to get all those fun puns in. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so you get a little bit of the how did how how authors think or at least how this author thinks in the stories, but you also have a um full mystery in each one. So and then tourist tra- uh no farm to fork. Farm to fork was my Idaho story. So I mentioned that I, w- I was from Idaho. So uh River Vista is the little town i grew up in a lot nicer and a lot softer and a lot cleaner but a lot of the places you see in the farm to fork stories are actual places in this south central southwestern part of idaho deep fried revenge just came out this year and it's set in the fair i love the covers by the way all of your book covers are very nice so they're great They did a really good job on my covers. I've I've been real impressed with them. So yeah, so that's set at the Idaho State Fair, which I loved, loved, the Western State Fair. So it's, it's really fun, and it's always about food. I always have food. My newest series is the Kitchen Witch series you mentioned, and Kitchen Witch actually releases a novella in the end of August, and then the first full books will be released. There'll be two released next year um and it's also set in Idaho. I went back to my Idaho roots on that one, but it's set off of Sun Valley, this little town this little fake town off of Sun Valley. So it's a lot of mountains and it's a lot that's called Magic Springs and witchcraft is a thing that happens there. They every everyone knows it's like the most um Unkept secret in the whole world. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> knows that there are witches there, but you know they're just kind of like the the Masons or the, you know the FFA group. They, they're just a group that gets together. At least you know that's what the town feels like. And Mia, my protagonist, and her grandmother. Um, her grandmother lives there. But Mia's opening up a catering business slash she 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 re- does a school. Um, so that she has this school that she can teach um, cooking classes in so you you can see a theme with my stories (laughs) we we have the murder but we also have a lot of food so it's 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 good that way but she's considered she considers herself a kitchen witch and she considers herself it's it's something where she focuses on the good things in life and making sure that um, life goes well she has her grimoire and she has her spells but she's she's not a bad witch so
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm well they sound fun
2: they're always fun always fun and a lot of food
1: well I like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) as you somewhat mentioned in 2020 you have a wealth of different titles releasing how do you write so quickly and how do you keep track of all those wonderful
2: characters um writing quickly is easy but hard (laughs) I set set myself up a schedule and I want to hit a certain word count every week. Uh, When I'm on and I'm hitting those word counts, I'm really in the story. And so the story flows for me at that time. I'm a pantser. I mean, I kind of know where the story is going to start. I know who's going to be involved in it because like with Tourist Trap, I've got a lot of characters sitting out there that could be part of the story, but usually aren't. And I know how it's gonna end sometimes, most of the time. So I set my uh, 10, about 10,000 words per week to write. And if if I write 2,000 during the day, during the week, I don't have to write on the weekends, but usually I have to write on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just really a tight schedule. And and. I love being in the story. It helps me. The days that I go one, two, or three days out of the story, I kind of lose the track and I lose the okay, where were they going who Who are these people? As far as keeping the characters different, because I've written more than one book now in each of the each of the series, including Kitchen, which I'm on the second book, but I also wrote the novella. Once I step into that world, I don't think about the other worlds. So it's mm-hmm. important for me to keep my mind in uh, Magic Springs when I'm there or keep my mind in, tour you know, California when I'm in tourist trap. There'll be times when I'll think, oh I should do this or you know and it's like oh no you're in the wrong you're in the wrong state you're the nice (laughs) thing is you know you've got the beach and you've got the mountains so that kind of (laughs) helps
1: that was actually going to kind of be my next question in that was since you're writing all these series did these characters exist in the same universe did they cross over into each other's books
2: they can yeah and they have in the past I've had I started Kat Latimer in the Tourist Trap series because she was an author who came to visit one of Jill's bookstore. So she came and did a, a bookstore signing. And then one of Jill's booksellers went and visited Kat in one of the stories too. So she was there and she was able to add into the mystery. So at times they're there. I just mentioned that one of my booksellers in the tourist trap was going was trying to save up for a writer's retreat in Colorado. So I throw, you know, little blips in there for Easter eggs right. for the, the people who read all the series so that they can see that those type of things. I haven't done that with the, um, the Kitchen Witch series yet, so we'll see.
1: Fantastic. Speaking as a nerd, I love that uh, intricate world building is what I call it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because it is... When I first started writing Tourist Trap, and I was only writing Tourist Trap at the time, you know, I have a map of it, and I, I know when I walk out of Jill's bookstore, if I go right, I'm at the antique shop. If I go left, it heads me down to the winery, you know, I go past the all the bed and breakfast. Problem is, you can get yourself mixed up in that, too. So, <laughs> you have to be really careful to keep. If you're vote, going to be really specific about what things are and where things are and who things are, mm-hmm. who, how a character is, you need to carry that through. So, I've tried Bibles, um, series Bibles. I've got one kind of for Tourist Trap, I've got a little better one for Cat Latimer. Um, I don't think I did one for Farm to Fork at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: I love to see maps and things in in books, usually, and um, when the author puts in the maps of the, especially in the small town ones, I always love to see where everything is located next to each other, like how far is their home and their stores or or whatever they have. Yeah. One of the things we like to ask as librarians is, what are you reading, or what do you think, what would you recommend to our readers?
2: Oh, what am I reading? See, I read uh, pretty widely. I just finished All the Missing Girls. It was interesting because of the what, the structure that Megan something was the author on that one. I'm really into Heather Graham's um, Crew of Hunters right now. So I'm reading those. Trying, I've got a whole bunch already that I've bought, and so I'm trying to fill in with different books as well. I finished up the J.D. Robb series. And I'm doing the last book on audio, which I used to get met more done when I actually commuted to my job. Um, but now it's, it's kind of when I'm in the car, which is not as much. And then I last year, I did the James Butcher, um, Jim Butcher, uh, Harry Dresden series. So I'm really looking forward to the next one in there. I read a lot of nonfiction. I read The Hungry Brain, which is uh, really dry and awful and basically don't keep food out. It's like, yeah, okay, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that you know, I I read. Um, Girl, stop apologizing. I mean, it, my my reading list is very wide and diverse. I feel
1: it sounds. Do you have an all time favorite
2: book? Pretty um, topical right now, but The Stand. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Steam King. Yeah, yeah, I used to read that every summer, and I lost my copy of it when we moved here, so I haven't had a copy for a few years, and so I was going to buy a copy, and the hardback was like $50, because it is wow. right, right when the pandemic hit, and it's like, yeah, I'm not paying $50. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: yeah and every summer that's quite the undertaking if I recall yeah. right that's, uh, yeah. well, it's been not since high school,
2: but that's a thick one yeah, that's a thick one. well, and I love the characters. I love falling in love with characters. I just finished his um the institute, which I adored um I have sleeping duties on my table. I haven't started it yet because I'm still in the institute hangover. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not sure I want to jump into another Stephen King right now, so.
1: Give yourself some breathing room.
2: Give myself some breathing <laughs> room on that one, yeah.
1: So we're pretty much at the end of the questions. Was there anything that we want us to ask you or anything that we want to add in the interview, Lynn?
2: Uh, you know, go out and support your local authors. There's There's a ton of local authors here in the St. Louis area. I'm friends with a lot of them. We're out here pushing out books and... Hopefully, you'll fall in love with our stories just as much as we do.
0: Well, if any of them want to be on our podcast, send them our way. We'd love to have them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. We
1: love local authors. Great. Today's guest was Lynn Cahoon. Her newest book, Murder and Waiting, will be available through your Kirkwood Public Library and wherever good books are sold. Can't wait for Murder in Waiting? Well, many of Lynn's titles can be enjoyed right now via your Hoopla app and your Kirkwood Public Library card. Lynn, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been really enjoyable and I appreciate the time. Love love your library. Oh, thank I thank you. you.
1: So, next up, we're going to talk about programs that are coming up next week. Starting with Saturday Morning Perks. It's a book group that's, that's getting together virtually on June 20th at 10 a.m. We'll be discussing The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Now for these virtual programs, registration is required. So visit the KirkwoodPublicLibrary.org calendar and sign up for that great book group. And next up, it is Crafting at Home with Peridial. This will be June 24th at 7 p.m. Create something new using supplies you have around the house. An instructor from Perennial will lead this virtual class teaching you how to make woven coasters and garden markers by upcycling common household goods. Now registration is required to receive the Zoom meeting link. So visit KirkwoodPublicLibrary.org calendar. Sign up today.
0: I don't know if you've heard, but the Missouri Arts Council currently has many virtual programs available to you. Most of them are all free. Friday, for example, Friday, June 19th at 8 p.m., Shake 20 is presenting Twelfth Night, performed by Poor Monsters. So experience Shakespeare's plays in 20 to 30 minute adaptations by all sorts of Missouri artists streaming live on Facebook. The virtual shows take place every night, that the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival would be performing live. And then something else that is going to be starting is QFest St. Louis Film Festival. It starts Friday, June 19th and continues through Sunday, June 28th. So this is not free. Individual tickets are $8 to $10. And if you want an all-access pass, then it's $60 to $75. QFest St. Louis uses the art of contemporary gay cinema to spotlight the lives of LGBTQ people and to celebrate queer culture. The festival moves online in 2020 for its 13th anniversary. The complete lineup of documentary and narrative full-length films and shorts will be available to view on demand anytime starting June 19 to the 28th. So the website to check out all the different things that the Missouri Arts Council is offering is MissouriArtsConsul.org. And then just click on their events tab and you'll see the entire list that is being offered. So they have many events during June and also into July.
1: And what a fantastic list this looks like. It's so great that, you know, even with the pandemic going on, we have so many virtual outlets to, to continue to appreciate art and culture.
0: I agree. This is exciting that they're offering all this. I am looking forward to it. I actually think I might purchase a couple of those tickets for the Fest.
1: That's my plan as well. It looks like some great movies on there. Well, I think I'll talk about summer reading. Summer reading is still going strong here in Kirkwood Public Library. So don't forget, after you read these wonderful books, go to kirkwoodpubliclibrary.org and log those hours on our summer reading tab there's valuable prizes to be won and don't forget for listening to a podcast that's one of the challenges and the challenge word is imagine so listen to our podcast listen to all of our podcasts you could just listen to one or all but i recommend all and then head to the kirkwoodpubliclibrary.org and put in imagine under the podcast challenge happy reading kirkwood
0: So the adult reading, they have read over 337,000 pages.
1: That is an impressive list and it's sure to keep growing.
0: Absolutely. The goal to beat is 1.1 million. So we could do that. We've got this covered.
1: So keep logging those pages, Kirkwood.
0: Speaking of logging in pages, we have some recommendations for you that might help you add pages.
1: That's right. This week, we are talking about some mystery favorites of ours. So before we begin, I might be a little biased in this uh, recommendation section because I don't know if you know, Jagesha, but I host the Mystery Readers Book Club for Kirk Public Library. And if anybody out there listening loves mysteries, well, you're certainly invited to join us. We meet the third Wednesday at two p.m., ordinarily we'd meet at the library, but currently we're meeting virtually uh, via Zoom. And you can always request an invitation to those murder mystery book discussions at KirkwoodPublicLibrary.org's calendar events.
0: That's right. You just had a book club Wednesday of this week. What book did you guys discuss?
1: We discussed "Whose Body" by Dorothy Sayers. This is the first of her Lord Peter Wimsey mysteries and we had a very lively discussion about it i love chatting with the mystery reader sleuths they're a fantastic group plan for next month we'll be reading fletch by gregory mcdonald so i'm looking forward to that because i have seen the movie but i have never read the book
0: all right well then i'm gonna let you start off the recommendation section what is your first recommendation
1: uh, the first one I'm going to recommend is a movie that I actually watched this week. So it's fairly fresh in my mind. It's called Knives Out. It's got an amazing cast. It's got Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna Diamas, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in there, <laughs> Christopher Plummer, uh, and that's just to name a few. It's even got Don Johnson. Wow, and, uh, Don
0: Johnson. Now there's a there's a cast. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> And he's still out there. He's still doing. It's a love letter to, like, Agatha Christie type movie. It's basically Christopher Plummer plays this uh, uh, super famous crime novelist, Harlan Thrombey. And he's invited his family to his uh, his birthday party. And, uh, and the next day, he is found dead with his throat slit. And it kind of becomes this whodunit. And it takes a really twist about one-third of the way. They do a very good job of, you know, ratcheting up suspense and keeping you guessing. Anna Amos plays Harlan Thrombey's nurse, Marta, and she's amazing in this role. Daniel Craig is like the primary detective. He's type of the Echiel Poirot character. Like he keeps calling her his Watson, but like she's the one who's doing a lot of deducing and figuring things out. And so, so her character is kind of front and center. But it, it's a lot of great performances from people. All in all, I think it was a really solid film. It's got a great soundtrack and is a lot of fun to watch. So if you like mysteries the way I like mysteries, Knives Out is a surefire hit.
0: Love to check that out. Not something I've seen yet.
1: So how about yourself? What have you got to recommend mystery-wise?
0: I hope you haven't. I think you might have recommended this already, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it was Then There Were None.
1: Oh, yeah. I have definitely have. That's that's my favorite.
0: Yeah. So this is the book by Agatha Christie. And then there's also the BBC series that was done about, came out in 2015. We have it in the library, both the book and the DVD, with uh, Sam Neill.
1: Mm-hmm. And Charles Dance.
0: Yes, Charles Dance
1: they changed precious little from the text uh, everybody was in that and that little mini series was amazing they they brought those characters to life and i uh, all in all it was one of the best i think interpretations from a book that i've ever seen
0: yes it was anyway your turn what's number two
1: the the next one i want to uh, recommend is a book that i've read recently as well It's called Missing America, Quay Quarterly. Uh, And I think I've got that name right, but I could be wrong. It is a very fascinating mystery, but what makes it unique is the main character, Emma, is a uh, West African female detective. Her name is Emma Dijon, and she's basically got a very interesting mystery to solve. So it's it's pretty, pretty complex. And I don't want to provide any spoilers other than to say it's, you know, it should definitely be read. I learned so much about Ghana and that area of the world that I had not really known much about. It is a really good book. It's the first book of this Emma Dijon series. I'm really excited to see what the next one will look like. I think it's a very fantastic start to a promising mystery series with a detective of original voice that, you know, we don't ever see. And I think this is, uh, was a unique read. So I would highly recommend The Missing American.
0: All right. I'm going to have to check that out too. See, uh, every time we have these conversations, I'm always learning about new books and authors that I have not heard about. And it's always good. Unfortunately, you keep adding to my list, Ryan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm happy to do so. This one's really good with a few exceptions over the past few years, a lot of the mystery titles I've read have kind of been weak tea, I would say, or, you know, like the nth number in a series where they basically go through the motions, and this was uh, a completely different feel, and the, the mystery was, was incredibly solid, and the characters are just amazing, and so I would, I would recommend it. I can't wait to see what Emma's going to do next.
0: I'm going to recommend Joe Nesbo you haven't read anything by him he is a norwegian writer so Nesbo writes these very fast-paced thrillers and his writing style is, is amazing he had pulled into the book there was one book that i read i believe it was the snowman where he's writing about a bank robbery that's happening and the scene is where he's actually just watching the video but you don't realize that at first when he's setting you up you're you're actually thinking you're the bank robber you're getting it from the the bank robber's point of view as they're watching the clock and trying to time out the robbery but in fact it's actually the detective and ha- and he's trying to piece together how the robbery took place so it's a brilliant scene where you're just in there so i highly recommend joe nesbo just because he's he's just a really good writer
1: yeah if i, if I can jump in and second that i've i've read the snowman and i think that's a fantastic book uh, I thought the movie was was disappointing and not well done, but uh, I think for the for the most part, you you should read the book. It's uh,
0: absolutely, and yeah. he's got quite a few. You won't run out of reading if you pick up Joe Nesbo. Seconded. All right, your turn. What's next?
1: Okay, uh, so for my last one, I want to recommend it's a TV series and also one that you can check out from your KPL library. It is Endeavor. We all know BBC makes such wonderful mystery dramas. Pretty much mystery, PBS's mystery, has been a staple of my life and one of my favorite television shows to watch. Endeavor, basically another one of their crown jewels in that series. It is, basically it's an origin story to the long-running Inspector Morse series, which is also based off of a book series by Colin Dexter. But Endeavor's so well done. Uh, Sean Evans plays the young Endeavor Morse, and it's basically set in the 1960s in Oxford, solving crimes, coming up the rank, and uh, learning from his mentor, Detective Thursday. And it's well done. It's a wonderful period piece. Uh, Everybody brings it, and uh, you pretty much fall in love with all the characters really fast.
0: Yeah I have to second that too because I haven't watched the entire uh seasons all of the six seasons yet but I have I did start off with the first season and it was really well done and I actually liked Endeavor better than Inspector Morse.
1: Uh I'm gonna go out on that limb with you and I know this will probably gain the ire of some people in my mystery club but yeah I I think uh I think Endeavor is better than Inspector Morse and his spinoff series uh Inspector Lewis, right?
0: Yes, Inspector oh. Lewis. Oh, another good one.
1: Yeah, another f- fantastic one. But I think Endeavor was the uh, is the is Endeavor's the one to beat, as it were.
0: I would agree with you on those.
1: So, do you have another to round out this mystery?
0: Another one that we do, I know that we have in the library, is Shakespeare and Hathaway, and this is actually a murder mystery series. I believe it's done also by the BBC. It's a comedy, too. It's light and just a lot of fun to watch. And I know that we have at least the first two seasons of it.
1: I am unfamiliar with it.
0: Hathaway is a, detect- is a private investigator, and then he in the first episode, he gets hired by this woman whose last name is Shakespeare um, to find her fiancé, who suddenly disappeared on her. They become partners in their detective agency, and it continues from there. So they're a lot of fun to watch. It's it's a mystery comedy series. If you haven't seen that, I highly recommend that one.
1: That sounds pretty good. I've got another that I, I just wanted to throw out, maybe like an honorable mention. Another of the BBC murder mysteries that I've kind of been enjoying as of late is Death in Paradise. And it's play you know, an English detective who finds himself... Uh, on a Caribbean island of San Marie, and solving—not really one that I enjoyed as much until late. They've gone through the main character's changes a couple of times, and I really like the current detective on the island. It's it's pretty solid. It's been really good, uh, and I've been, its just kind of a lighthearted, more you know, fun murder mystery.
0: Well, you know, it's funny that you said that you like the newer ver- the newer detective. I actually like the original <laughs> better. than oh, really? Fun.
1: <laughs> I that, uh, he was that ben miller
0: yeah i thought i thought he was funnier because he was very sort of stiff and he wore his suits in the heat and he wouldn't want he he wanted his tea <laughs> very, English, <laughs> very English. It's, it's a good series i would at least say check it out doesn't matter what season they're all good and fun some of our recommendations ties in with lynn cahoon's cozy mysteries
1: yeah and i mean cozy mysteries in and of itself is a uh is, you know, a sub-genre and extremely popular.
0: Uh, we have a fairly large collection of cozy mystery writers. Lynn Cahoon, there's Ellery Adams, who writes the book retreat mysteries. There's Joanne Fluke, who writes all the dessert mysteries. Her book covers, I just, I always get hungry just looking at her book covers. <laughs> there's always a dessert on hers. Ava Gates writes the lighthouse library mysteries. I mean, I could go on and on. I read quite a few of them. Kirkwood Public Library, has got you covered if you have an addiction to cozy mysteries. It's Jessica. And
1: need a recommendation? Jagisha's obviously the person to talk to.
0: Yes, yes. Call the reference desk, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I will hook you up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, did you figure out who the killer was? It was Jagisha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the library with the candlestick
1: <laughs> with the candlestick we want to thank you Kirkwood for joining us for another fantastic episode we also want to thank our special guest Lynn Calhoun we're so happy that she could come and talk to us about her newest book Murder in Waiting and if you are interested in learning more about Lynn Calhoun's work well just drop on by the library or check out some books or go to her uh, website lynncalhoun.com Thank you Kirkwood. We'll see you next week.
0: And of course we are always looking for comments from you. So let us know what you think and if you've got any suggestions out there we'd love to hear from you.